Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another version of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And what an exciting time it is for me today to have my friend Steve McVeigh with us. Those of you who've read my books and listened to my teaching and stuff, you know that uh, some 10 years ago, uh, I thought I was the only person in the universe who was start, starting to get a grasp on grace. And then I found out about Steve. And I started watching his Sunday teachings on his website then. And I, I uh, emailed Steve and I said, hey, if, if somebody like me came to Atlanta uh, just to hang out with you, would you have a little time to spend with me? And he said, come on out. And that was the time when Steve uh, had been having some health challenges and wasn't traveling. I came, he and Melanie welcomed me with open arms. We had a, a good three days together and we've been friends ever since. And I'd give you a big, long introduction about Steve, but most of you all know that. Just want you to know that it, it, he has a great teaching every day, five days a week uh, on Quantum Life with Steve McVeigh. That's a, a group that uh, it's a subscription-based thing. I listen to him every day. I don't usually get to do it live, but it's recorded. And my daughter, Jody, listens to him uh, every night when she gets home. So uh, it's a well worthwhile thing. And Steve will tell you a little bit later on how to connect with him and get his books and go to the conferences and things. But first of all, welcome my friend, Steve McVeigh. Thank you, Paul. I am glad to be with you this morning. I was, I was just sitting at the table here and I, I, I noticed them. I'll do, I'll do a plug for you. How about this? See what, look what's on my table right beside me this morning. <laughs> I was flipping through this. I was flipping through it earlier today when I was waiting to go online with our quantum life group. And so I just saw it lying here now. Well, great. A good book. Good there. book. You did a good job with that. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad it got there. Well, Steve, <laughs> as, as we always do, and grace to all with Paul Gray, I like to, to ask my guest, how has the understanding, the revelation of God's unconditional love and inclusion and grace for everyone, Jesus finished work for everyone, how's that impacted your actual relationships where the rubber hits the road with your wife, with your kids, people at the store, just everywhere. Well, you have come right to the heart of the whole issue of understanding who God is. And that is <clears throat> the way we perceive God is going to be the number one influence that directs us in how we see and relate to others. And so back in the days when I saw God wrongly as a punitive, judgmental God, an exclusive God, a God who has patience for a while, but at the end, he runs out of patience and there's going to be payback for those that have not accepted his love. A God who looked at humanity and saw some as insiders and some as outsiders. Back in those days, uh, I had the same attitude toward folks. There were insiders, there were outsiders. Uh, but when I began to understand the God who is the Abba Jesus came to reveal, and when I began to recognize his all-encompassing love and embrace of all humanity, 
when I begin to realize that we all live inside this atmosphere of divine love from which we cannot escape and that everybody and everything is inside that atmosphere of divine love, it changed everything in terms of how I see people as it caused me to stop seeing insiders and outsiders. And you know, it's weird once we get an understanding of something and think, how did I ever not believe that? I mean, a long time ago, the apostle Paul said, there are no Jews and Greeks, you know, male and female, bond and free. In fact, one translation says insiders are outsiders. Oh, really? He says, says, we're all inside Christ. And what it does is it changes the way you see folks so that instead of seeing people as someone on the, uh, on the outside, separate from you, you're able now to see everybody as your brother or sister. That doesn't mean we all have faith in Christ or that we all have clear understanding of the gospel, but it does mean that we're able to embrace people as our fellow man, as our brothers and sisters, no matter who they are or what their belief is. And so what it's done in terms of the world out there is it's caused me to be more accepting, more loving. It's caused me to come to a place where I seek to understand and be understood rather than score the touchdown by converting them to my point of view. It's made that same difference in my family. I'm able to chill out and relax so that if my my wife or my children or my grandchildren or any family members are in a place that I don't think is the highest and best place for them, I can say, you know what? I know they're inside the same bubble of love that I'm in, and I can entrust them to God and know that, as Julian de Norwich says, all shall be well. Yeah, and if, who was it Athanasius who said, as long as things are right with Papa and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all is right with the little ones. Somebody yeah. said that. Maybe you yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's good. Boy, it does just change everything. And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth if this is not appropriate to uh, just take us somewhere else. But I remember being with you one time, and I, I grew up in a religious setting uh, like you did, where I was taught God hates gays. God, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're lost. There's no chance. And I remember one of the things that started to change my mind was you told me that you had some friends who had a gay daughter who went to a gay church and she asked if you would come and speak there one time. And if I remember right, you said, of course. And she said, well, what would you teach on? And you said, God's love, just like I teach on it everywhere else. Do I remember that story right? Pretty close, pretty close. We were with friends of ours and uh, on a sailing trip. And actually it was the sister of one of the couples we were sailing with. She and her partner met us at a marina restaurant down in South Florida. And I'd met her before. I already knew her, but she and her her lesbian partner were there together. And my buddy, the brother-in-law of the gay lady said, if you ask Steve to come speak to your church, he'll come. And she said, she looked at me and she said, would you? I said, sure. She said, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a gay community. It's a gay church. I think it might've been that metropolitan community church. Uh, but anyway, she said, yeah, just what you said. She said, well, what would you tell us? What would you preach and say? I said, I'd say the same thing I say everywhere else. She said, what is that? I said, I would tell you how much God loves you. And here's the part that really stuck with me. She said, you would say that to us? And I looked at her and I said, I would be especially sure to say it to your crowd. And I could see she kind of became defensive a little bit. And she said, why especially our crowd? And I said, because sadly, in the Christian world, you guys have been marginalized and judged and condemned by so many religious folks that I'm afraid that some in your church congregation might believe what they've been told by religious people and see themselves as somehow less than the rest of us. 
So I would want to make sure they understood just how precious they are in the sight of their Heavenly Father. Now, note what I just said there, though, Paul. I neither condemned nor condoned anything about these these mm-hmm. folks and their their lifestyle, their choices. Mm-hmm. It's very liberating when we come to the place in life where we realize not only do we not have to, but we don't need to pass judgment on everybody about everything. While we're on the topic, I've often said it's interesting take the subject of homosexuality, how much the church world and the evangelical church has to say about that. But it might be a 250-pound preacher who's saying it from the pulpit. And the Bible says a lot more about gluttony than it does anything else, no matter how you would interpret. And I'm not suggesting that when the Bible speaks about homosexuality, that it even means what a lot of evangelicals are saying. But I'm saying I find it interesting that we pick and choose which things we're going to zero in on and make a big deal out of. And guess what? The things we pick on and zero in on, never the things we're doing. It's always what somebody else is doing. (laughs) Yeah, that picking and choosing is from the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. And we were never... We were never intended to eat from that to begin with, never intended to get into judging right and wrong, in and out, uh, exclusion, inclusion. And it's, it's led to all kinds of bad things, hasn't it? It really has. It really has. Even in the grace community, uh, as it's so-called, there's still that, generally speaking, in what many of us have known as the grace community, there's still that attitude of exclusion. You're not in yet. You're not in. It's not by his doing that you're in Christ Jesus, like the Apostle Paul says, but it's by your own presenter's prayer that you get in. Mm-hmm. There's this attitude of judgmentalism. Oh, you don't believe the right way. So because you don't believe the right way, you know, you, you, you will we'll relegate you to be under the category of apostate or heretic, or at least, you know, deluded or deceived. I mean, there's just this all across Christendom, there's this mindset that says, I'm right, you're wrong. I can judge you by where I am in my life. And it's so freeing when we come to understand the, 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 the all-encompassing love of God for everybody because it allows us to just relax. Paul, I can't even, I can't even straighten myself out, let alone straighten somebody else out. <laughs> One of the things that I, well, I wish I didn't do, I, I'll just use the term that, that I, I struggle with, is I tend to really get upset with religion, with folks who have uh, led people down the in wrong paths. They're, they're good people, well-meaning people, but misinformed. But I can tend to really sound like I'm bashing them. And a, a friend, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, Dr. Paul Fitzgerald. And, and he said, you know, he said, what he's come to understand is that what many times when people are in a situation like me, who are really upset and mad at people who've led people astray with with uh, religion is it's our real feeling is we're upset with ourselves because we were duped for so long because we bought into it and and deep down we're really going how could i have done that and then in his opinion it was we're scapegoating on those other people by taking our anger out on them I haven't had time to really think that through, but I think there's probably uh, something there to that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's a universal application for all of us. I think we all react for different reasons. And certainly that would be one one of the reasons why people Mm -hmm. react the way they do to the religious world. Uh, I think we have to note, though, that even Jesus struck out against the religious world, the Pharisees of his day, and obviously he didn't have that problem that you just mentioned, but there's a, there is a prophetic sense in which there, the time and, and occasion calls for anger or 
agitation, not toward people in that world, but toward the system itself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I went through that phase after I came out of the evangelical lunacy and, and where I would strike out against the evangelical world. And I was pretty plain spoken. And, you know, people question my motives and we can't always know our true motives. I didn't think my motives were wrong, but I came, would come to realize later that in part they were, I was angry, but uh, I came to the place where I thought, you know, and I don't perfectly execute it this now, but my, my mindset now is I'm not going to argue with folks. I'm not going to lash out against folks. I'm just going to teach the truth and let the chips fly where they will. I, I, don't, I, I rarely engage with the world that I came out of back there because if people are not open to learn, if they're not open to listen, but all they want to do is correct you and change what you believe, what's the point of the conversation? So all we can do is love folks and sometimes we have to love them at a distance. <laughs> Boy, ain't that the truth. We uh, <laughs> Reconciling doesn't always mean reconciling in, in the same house or at the same dinner table. I mean, it, it does with our spouse, of course, but uh, it, it doesn't mean that we invite people over for dinner every night and let them um, tell us how wrong <laughs> we are. I mean, let's face it, Jesus, you know, there was the multitude, the multitudes, in fact, where he performed his miracles. And then there was the 120 uh, in the upper room, you know, to whom he revealed himself after his resurrection. But there were also you know, the 12. And then finally you get down to the three, Peter, James, and John, who we would say, have to say were his best friends. And so, you know, we don't relate to everybody at the same level of intimacy. And Jesus himself demonstrated that that's okay. We love folks, but sometimes we don't have enough in common with them to, to be closely connected. I, I think of the verse that talks about Jesus going into a certain place. I don't remember where he went, but it says, he entrusted himself to no one there because he knew their hearts. You know, relationships, you can love folks without having an intimate or close relationship with every person you know. So these days where I am in my life, you know, I've got my quantum life group. We've got 250, 260 people in that group. And uh, my, my desire these days is to, I mean, I've crisscrossed the globe and I've, I've spoken to the large you know, throngs of people and, and those were wonderful days. But these days I'm enjoying developing closer, more deep relationships with people and uh, taking those folks to a deeper level who want to, who have a real robust appetite to grow. So I'm, I'm going for depth and not breath. Well, yeah, that's, and that's where I am too. And it's, uh, well, isn't it wonderful when you can have like-minded people that uh, um, are, are willing to grow and set a, you know, hold at a distance, at least set aside for a while and hold at a distance uh, things that we've just always uh, rotely accepted as truth and be willing to go, okay, well, I, you know, I'm going to, maybe Steve's saying something different about that or Don or whoever, or Paul Young, but I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to fight that. I'm going to listen and test the spirits, you know, and let the, let Christ in me show me what it is rather than just immediately being antagonistic. And it, man, it's so wonderful to be, uh, you know, I don't expect everybody to agree with me or, or you or anybody, but it, it it's wonderful when we can be with people who are at least open to uh, to exploring something else and not just digging their heels in. And uh, and and I've I've been there, and I, uh, it's it's nice to have some like-minded people around. I'll just condense it to that. Well, the thing that religion doesn't let you do 
is disagree. Yeah. And I'm okay with folks disagreeing. I think grace lets you disagree. And I don't have any problems with people with whom I disagree. Shoot. My own wife, Melanie and I don't agree on every single thing. So, uh, anybody, any married person can relate to that. I'm okay to not agree with everything. And I have dear friends who, with whom I don't agree on certain subjects. The only, the, the, the people that I tend to have a problem with are the folks who, uh, lash out against something they're not familiar with when they don't even know what they're lashing out against. There's a, there's a proverb in Proverbs 18 that says, uh, the one who answers a matter before he's heard the whole thing brings shame to himself. He embarrasses himself. And uh, sadly in the church world today, the 21st century, that's the attitude a lot have. Like the guys I stood by in the bookstore recently, I was looking at books and he pointed at the shack, the book, Paul's book, the shack. And he said, that doesn't need to be on this shelf. And I said, what? He said, that book right there. I said, why? He said, because it leads people astray. I said, really? I said, what is it that leads people astray about that book? And I kind of played dumb. And he says, uh, because it gives people a wrong picture of God. I said, how? He said, well, it just does. <laughs> and then I looked at him. I said, have you read the book? And he said, no, I haven't. But my pastor said that. And I thought, gosh but this is the world we live in you know I, I, I all i ever do is challenge folks to think for yourselves let's think we have jesus said this, the teacher would come and guide us into all truth but the question i put out before people is how are we going to grow if we're only willing to consider things we already understand and have heard we have to be exposed to things that we've not known before that we've not heard before otherwise how can the circle get bigger and sadly in the in the world of religion and folks just are nursing from each other's breast. They keep reinforcing what they already know, and they're not open to new things. I tell you, Paul, you're in our quantum life group. You, I, you hear me say it all the time. I tell folks, don't be gullible. Don't believe something just because I say it, but don't believe just because your pastor says it or because your favorite Bible teacher says it either. Don't believe it just for that reason. You know, be a Berean. You know, search the scripture prayerfully, carefully, scholastically, study look for the spiritual guidance as you study, but be open to grow and to learn. That's all I ask. And that's what I want to do in my own life. Me too. You know, I'm a, a jazz musician and I still play a little bit like Thursday nights at the American Legion here. And with jazz, it's almost all improvisation. You know, it's like somebody asked Louis Armstrong one time, well, what is jazz? And he said, you know, if you don't know, I, you know, I can't explain it to you. Well, sometimes I'm, I'm, I play with people who are my age in their 70s, and they started playing jazz in the 20s, in their 20s, and they still play exactly the same thing that they played in their 20s. And, and it's supposed to be creative improvisation, you know. And, I, you know, I, it's not a uh, – it sounds like criticizing him. It's just, a, you know, I, I'm thinking, dang, with all the different people that are out there and the people we can listen to and the opportunities we have to grow – um, you know, let's consider playing something a little different once in a while. After all, this yeah. is improvisation. Steve, tell us, um, and we'll do this again soon, I hope. Tell us in the last couple of minutes that we have how people can contact with you, where they can uh, hear you every day, where they can get your books, go to your conferences, and those things. The best thing people can do to connect with me and find out what I'm doing and find which way they want to connect is just by going to my website at stevemcveigh.com. And on stevemcveigh.com, they're pretty much going to see three different options there. I'm involved in three things right now. Obviously, I still lead 
Grace Walk Ministries that we established in 1996. Craig Snyder is our executive director and doing a great job leading our team. We've got offices in six countries and Craig does a great job with that. But obviously Grace Walk is my firstborn. Uh, then also I do, uh, I'm a vice president at Global Grace Seminary there in Houston along uh, with Don Keithley where uh, we're training folks in offering accredited degree for people who want a solidly grace-filled education so that you can connect with uh, GGS through my website. And then last but not least, the thing that where I'm spending most of my time these days is our Quantum Life group. A Quantum Life with Stephen Bay, as you said, is a subscription group. I'm still speaking to the larger group outside our Quantum Life group. In fact, I'm on television, um, on nationwide TV through Cornerstone Television out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So uh, they go to see cornerstonetelevisionnetwork.org and get information on my TV program. I'll be posting some TV programs online soon. But I'm doing that. But stevemcbabe.com, that's the best way to find out what's going on. What do you do in your spare time? <laughs> I like, well, you know, that's funny you say that, Paul, because I've told folks, believe it or not, my schedule feels more free than it has in decades. Really? And for the, you know, you, I mean, you, you and I've known each other a long time back years ago when I was crisscrossing the globe, you know, I've been on six continents flying all the time, somewhere different every week. I loved that, but I'm 65 years old now and I do my quantum life group sitting right here at my breakfast table where I am now. I go to Pittsburgh and record TV programs and I write some. In other words, I feel like in some ways the, the outreach that I have is as broad as it's ever been. But thank God for the little gifts we get in life because I'm not having to make all those flights and stay in all those hotels as often as I used to. <laughs> thank God for that, for sure. Well, Steve, my friend, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. And I hope people, uh, if you're not familiar with Steve, that you'll uh, take advantage of going to his website, stevemcvay.com, checking out those different things. Uh, we'll talk about some of those the next time we get together. And thanks again, Steve, for being with us today for Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you, Paul. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.